Hey listeners, welcome to the Intelligent Conversations, where we believe that everyone has a form of intelligence that resides within them. We invite guests from various backgrounds to share with you what makes them unique. Our hope is that you and I can learn and grow together. Without further ado, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Intelligent Conversations podcast. Today I have the honor to speak with John Leister. He is a self-published author and has been featured on many podcasts. John has made some significant changes, giving up things like sugar and beginning to exercise. He is currently pursuing his dream of being a writer. So John, thank you for coming on today. I look forward to learning more about you and all the things that you have to share today. I'm excited. Well, thank you, Josh. I'm excited too. And the feeling is very much reciprocated. But I usually like to kind of uh, start with this question and that's... uh, what kind of got you interested? What kind of got you started in writing? What got you down that path? What was something that just kind of motivated you to go there? Sure. Well, I'm 57, and uh, I always felt that I was meant to do something creative with my life. Now, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a comic book artist. I was a huge comic book nerd, and it was kind of back in the day, back in the 70s, it was kind of stigmatized. It wasn't really in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. you know. So if you were a young guy and you liked comic books and, and you were Canadian and you didn't like hockey, you were sort of treated like a pariah by some people. So I don't mean to paint a picture of myself as a, really an outsider. I mean, I had some friends growing up, but I always kind of felt like I was, quote unquote, outside of the mainstream of life, whatever mm-hmm. that means. So you know, drawing, I didn't stick with it because, you know, drawing all the windows on a building or drawing all the stars on Wonder Woman's underwear, it was it was too hard for me. So I gave it up. And then after high school, I tried acting for a couple of years. I actually took acting for one year in high school. I don't know why I didn't stick with it. I guess somebody talked me out of it. And I walked past this acting school one day and there was a TV show in the 1960s called The Big Valley. And one of the stars of that, way before your time, but one of the stars, it's an American show. It was a Western. Okay. And one of the stars of that show, Peter Breck, he came to Vancouver and he started an acting school called the Breck Academy. This would be around the mid 80s. And that's when the film and TV industry really started to boom in BC. Like some of the most popular shows today are, are filmed in Vancouver, of course, Tax Break. And it, you know, it looks pretty much like any other North American city. And so I took acting for a couple of years. I don't know if you know who Gene Hackman is or Richard Dreyfuss. Do you know those I've guys? I've heard of the first one, I think. Like, I've just heard okay. it. And... They were they were really huge actors back in the day. And anyway, they came to the Academy, and I got to meet them, and that was cool. I was in Rocky Four for one day, believe it or oh, not. Really? You don't see Yeah, I know, right? The big fight at the end. Yeah, that always gets, that always gets a reaction that I like. Um, you don't see me in the movie, but God knows I was there for one day with my buddy Jeff and got to see Stallone and, and Dolph, Dolph Lundgren duke it out in the uh, in the ring they were shot at the agrodome in vancouver and you know i loved acting and i was even doing some writing back then too i was writing scenes and, and monologues and i was going to auditions and and sometimes the casting directors were impressed because they say well i've never heard that monologue before and it's like well it's because i wrote it uh-huh. like not very many actors were doing that back in the day i guess probably more so now but unfortunately and i don't mean to gross you out or any of the listeners of your podcast i'm just sharing my story i developed psoriasis i've always had do you know what that I is i don't could you kind of give a little bit you don't want to know, but here we okay. go. I've always had very dry skin. And so basically what psoriasis is, is that some of our, some of our, you ever had dry skin? Mm-hmm. Some of our bodies generate much more skin than normal. And so we wind up with these like red, white, flaky patches 
all over our body. And it just got, in my early 20s, it just got exponentially worse and worse. And I've always been fighting with, I've always struggled with low self-esteem and I was very abused as a kid. I don't want to, I don't mean to play the world's smallest violin, but I grew up in a very abusive environment. And, you know, some kids grow up in those kinds of environments and they, they become amazing individuals, right? Mm-hmm. They manifest their bliss. And it's basically, I see it as a, as a choice between fight or flight. You know, they look at their mom and dad and they see them as, you know, like not very stable individuals and they go, okay, I get it. I get how to live life. Just do the opposite of what I'm learning as a kid. I unfortunately absorbed a lot of that stuff. So I I had to give up on my, well, I didn't have to, but I chose to give up on my dream of acting because I just was feeling Mm -hmm. less like a human being and more like a reptile. And of course, psoriasis is not the worst thing in the world, but it doesn't do a lot for one's self-confidence, particularly when it comes to romantic relationships. So over the course of the first 53 years of my life, I've made these sort of half-hearted and sporadic attempts at writing. I, I always felt that I could write at least one decent story. And then around 2005, while I was at work, I created this character called Lee Hacklin, who's a private investigator and he's kind of a quintessential heroic guy but he smokes mm-hmm. and he drinks and he's a skirt chaser and he's not politically correct <laughs> you know I, i'm not my stories are not said in present day because i don't want to deal with the snowflake culture mm-hmm. or or any of that woke stuff you know it was a different time but he's got a heart of gold he's like me or an idealized version of me anyway and he likes to help people so while i was at work one day or over a period of however many months it was i cranked out these like 50 or 60 short stories and they became my first book the collected cases of there we go there we go shamelessly plugging his product the collected cases of lee hacklin 1970s private investigator book one hang on while i take a breath and so i wrote these stories really for my own amusement or entertainment i really didn't have it in my mind's eye that i was going to publish them i wasn't even aware of amazon i'm kind of late in the game to all of this technology you know none of this stuff existed when i was your age i don't know how old you are but you look like a very young guy and then one day about three years ago and here's where the story takes a turn that some people may have a hard time digesting and i want to make it very clear that i respect other people's beliefs but what I did was I kind of felt like I was reaching the end of my rope in life, not in terms of like actually offing myself, yeah. but just like, well, I had my 20s, 30s and 40s and I've been a security guard of all things for 35 years. And it seems like this is this is like the most I can achieve with my life. And I always knew in my imagination. And, you know, over the years, I've read so many self-help books. You know, have you ever heard of Anthony Robbins? He's sort of the guru of the motivational yes. speaker industry. Mm-hmm. He always talked about positive thinking and self-manifestation and believing in yourself you know so i had all this stuff in my head but in the meantime i was just content to come home after work plonk myself down on my couch and watch my first my vhs tapes and then my dvds and i would watch all the special features and the audio commentaries and then netflix for a while and then about three years ago my life changed and how did my life change what happened was and again this is just a thing that worked for me mm-hmm. i reached out to god and i said god i don't know if you're real i've heard about you my whole life Mm-hmm. I've always been something of an agnostic, but I know that I can, I'm never going to be the John Leister that I know I can be unless I have someone in my mind's eye, I say that a lot, who's rooting for me, who loves me unconditionally, who accepts me for who I am and wants me to be happy. And the way that we're happy as individuals is when we align ourselves with whatever it is that came with us to this corporeal plane. So to any of your listeners out there who were kind of where I was three years ago, oh, I don't know what to do with my life. Or I tried this and I didn't like it. I tried that and I didn't like it. I get it. Just go with the thing that you're naturally already good at. 
or go with what you like. If you're into comic books and movies and, and Disney and Marvel and all that stuff, this is the age to be living in. I mean, for goodness sakes, at least do a podcast, right? <laughs> you know, share your mind, share your feelings with the world like you're doing right now, right? Exactly. So after talking to God, and, and I, I believe that I had a divine experience, I believe that I heard his voice, and I believe that he kind of patted me on the head and said, there, there, John, you know, you're 53, you're not 103, it's not too late for you. And that's part of my mission statement to the world, which is this, you know, somebody once said, if you haven't made it by the time you're 30, you never will. And I'm out to show the world, and I feel like I've already done that, even though it's not, it has not made me a lot of money, but I feel like I've already proven to myself anyway that that's a pile of BS. All I mean, look, do you know who Christopher Reeve is? Who, the guy who played Superman? He was in a terrible accident where he fell off oh, a horse. Yes. And he, he, was, he played Superman in the 1970s. And he had a, a horse riding accident where he fell off his horse and became paralyzed from the neck down. Can you imagine? Well, after that accident, he went on to direct movies. He continued to act. He appeared on Smallville. He made public appearances. I mean, he lived his life in a more meaningful way than what I was doing a lot of the time when I was a younger man, just being a couch potato. So... I dusted off these short stories and they became my first book and I, I published them on Amazon. And it was a tremendous uphill battle for me because Amazon, I shouldn't say anything negative about Amazon. It seems like they practically rule the world. But anyway, I don't use them anymore now. I use draft to digital and maybe I'll come back to that. So I'm not a tech savvy guy. It was a tremendous struggle for me to get that book posted. It took me about a month going to the library two hours after work and on my days off. I tremendous. This is a guy thing, right? Guys mm -hmm. are not keen on asking people for help. If I if I didn't put my ego on the shelf and ask people to help me, I'd still to this day be trying to upload that first book because I kept going in circles. So in any event, because I had God in my life, you know, Big Brother from 1984, Big Brother's watching you. Yes, I've heard of it again. I, okay, I don't know. That's fine. It's, it's not that important. So I see God as this omnipresence in my life. He was like my dad. I mean, imagine you're at school and you're playing Little League and you're not really into it. And then your dad shows up, right? It's like, oh, shit, dad. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to swear. It's like, oh, shit, dad's here. You know, I might try a little bit harder. I just think that some people, we try a little bit harder. We try to manifest our goals. If we have it in our mind's eye all the time that the person who, lo who loves us the most is watching us and rooting for us. Kind of like Yoda and Luke Skywalker's yes. rucksack. rucksack. So have you seen the movie Billy Elliot? Have you seen that movie? Yeah, there's gonna there's gonna be a lot of no's. I don't know. I've never. Heard oh, that's of fine. No, no, no. Don't worry about that. So anyway, just a little sidebar. It's about a boy who wants to be a ballet dancer. In the, in the early 1970s, and his dad's an alpha male, and it's he li they live in a very hard-bitten mining town in England. And finally, spoiler warning: his dad comes around and he takes Billy to this very prestigious uh, ballet school in London. And the auditioners ask Billy, how do you feel when you dance? And he says, well, I feel like electricity. And that's how I felt when I posted that first book. It's like, gosh, you know, I, I actually started something and there were hiccups and potholes and variables along the way. And I actually stayed the course. I actually stuck with it. And when I saw on the screen for the first time, your book has been published, I thought I must be dreaming. You know, I must be un I must be plugged into the matrix. I'm going to be unplugged and it's going to be back to my old life of weighing 235 pounds. I weigh 170 pounds. And that's another thing now. That's another thing, too, when I reached out to God. My diet changed dramatically. I went through a very dramatic weight loss because I just found that eating all this greasy junk food every day was not appealing anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when we love ourselves, when we accept ourselves, when we have it in our mind's eye that there's someone. And look, if you don't believe in God, if the idea of, of God is too esoteric for you, you're a very empirically minded person. I get it. Then, but you're where I was three years ago, which is kind of mm -hmm. feeling like you're going through your life, spinning your wheels. Then at least imagine the person who's love you, who loves you the most is watching you. 
And it's like, gee, I'm lying on the couch night after night, sitting in front of my TV, pounding down junk food, watching DVDs. When I have all this stuff going on in my head, is that going to make that person happy? Or is it going to make that person happy if I make at least some effort towards manifesting my bliss? So now it's 2022. And I've got about 80 of these books online and it's a whole universe. It's kind of my version of the Marvel cinematic universe. Wow. Like most of my stories take place in the same continuum. I call it the Johnny verse. So I have Lee Hacklin. I created another character called the urban tiger. His real name is Tommy Ryder. And he's a 15 year old boy who tries to be a superhero. He doesn't have powers or anything like that. He just puts on a mask and he runs around at night in Times Square, New York and tries to be a good Samaritan. And I created another series where Tommy and Lee team up. And, and I have another series called uh, Training Montages, which is a trilogy, and on and on. It, this is my bliss. This is what I was meant to do with my life. And that's my story in a nutshell. That's amazing, man. I, I like Thank you. I like how you talked about how you overcame challenge over challenge, after challenge, after challenge, after challenge. I think that's yes. something a lot of people can learn from, right? Especially uh, to, to answer one of your questions, I am, uh, I'm 20, so I'm... Okay. I am pretty relatively young. And a lot of things I hear from uh, kids my age, they say, oh, man, I just uh, every time something hard comes up, they're like, oh, I just I don't know how to do this type of thing. So I, I, that's human nature. Exactly. I, I kind of want to hear your advice, though. Like, how do you overcome? Like, obviously, you're evidence of this. How do you just keep going after challenge and cha like these challenges just keep coming up? For one thing. I think that we have to enjoy the journeys, the journey of our life. And we have to accept in advance that there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be hiccups and that it's okay. It's part of the journey. As long as your eye is on the ball. I mean, some kids are lucky. Some kids come into the world and they know exactly like I had a buddy who knew ever since we were like five years old that he wanted to be an engineer. That's and lo cool. and behold, he goes to university and became an engineer. And now he's married and he's got kids and he's super successful. Like his life. I'm sure he's had his own stuff because mm -hmm. we all do at the end yes. of the day that again, that's human. But he's life. He knew exactly what he wanted and, and he went there. Badoom. And some of us like myself, we're just kind of bouncing around. Oh, maybe I want to be a comic book artist. Oh, maybe I want to be an actor. Oh, no, I have psoriasis. You know, I always wanted to do, to do something creative, but I'm trying to I'm trying to answer your question. I think what I didn't have then as opposed to now, I didn't know that I could write a book and then start another one and then write a book and then start another one on the same day and, and, and have fun along the way. Like every time I, like I write old school, I write pen and paper and then I transcribe what I've written onto my notebook. So to all your friends out there, what I would say to them is just, just like I said earlier, just go with what you're naturally good at. You know, pick the thing that you have some aptitude for. I always had an aptitude for writing. I had writing, t writing teachers tell me in high school that I was good at writing. I don't know why I didn't let that sink in. And like I said, I always made these sporadic attempts over the years. But I would also say to them, never mind whether it makes you any money. Never mind what your other friends think. I've had to, and this is a kind of a painful thing for me to, to talk about, but I've had to disengage from some people that I really love and really care about and always will because, for example, one of them actually said to me, don't talk about your books. Like when you when you're in a when you're in a tribe, when you're in a mm -hmm. family, when you're in your friends, you're in your clan and you decide to step out and do something different. The ones who support you, the ones who are rooting for you just as much as you're rooting for them. Those are your real friends. But the ones like, oh, forget Like when I was taking acting back in the day, the same guy was like, what are you taking acting classes for? That's a waste of time mm -hmm. because in their mind's eye, they feel threatened. 
or they feel like they're not manifesting their bliss. You know, misery loves company, right? So we owe it to ourselves to withdraw from those people or at least minimize the amount of time. It's really, it's better to be by yourself than to have people in your life who are, who are negative forces. And again, I would just say to your friends, get started, never mind what other people think and just have it in your mind's eye that this is going to be fun. Like when I watch a movie, when I watch a movie now, like I'm a huge movie nerd. I've seen maybe five movies this year. Every time I watch a movie now, no matter how much I enjoy it, I feel guilty. Like I saw Spider-Man No Way Home. I saw it mm -hmm. in the theater and I thought it was great, but I had written five pages that day. My notebook was burning a hole in my knapsack. <laughs> and I thought, well, what would I be happier watching this stupid movie? Well, it wasn't a stupid movie. It was great. It was great. But I now I now I have the knowledge that what makes me really happy is creating. And I think that we need we need to have a sense as individuals that we've made the world a better place somehow. You know, it doesn't have to be anything grandiose, mm -hmm. right? But that that we that we left something behind that that exists only because we willed it into existence. Exactly. Right? And it does and and it shouldn't okay, this is another important point. You shouldn't have to will yourself to do it. Mm -hmm. If you have to will, like if I said to myself, "Oh, I got to write today. I have to. I've been telling the whole world that I want to be ready. Now I have to do this." Then I wouldn't do it. It's like eating or sleeping and breathing. It's it's a natural part of who I am. So that's what I would say to your friends. I would say to your friends, like, you like comic books? You like movies? You like all the pop culture stuff? Well, do you, do you have a blog? Do you have a vlog? Do you have a YouTube channel? Take advantage of I I can't stand it when people my age moan and groan about all this technology. <laughs> I mean, imagine I was living in the 1970s. I'd be writing on a portable, you know, electric typewriter with paper and changing the ribbons and having to send my stuff in the mail where it would probably wind up in somebody's fireplace. All my stuff exists. Oh, by the way, so earlier I talked about Drafty Digital. Any of your friends who want to write a book, I highly recommend this, this, this website because what they do is it's super easy to use. It took me five minutes to post my first book onto Drafty Digital. It springboards your books to different platforms. So all of my books are available on like seven or eight platforms. Like there's Barnes and Noble and Apple, Apple mm -hmm. and Kobo and a few others. It's free. I didn't need anyone to help me post that first book. And then I found a website recently called Poster My Wall, and that's how I design my book covers. So again, short answer, tell your friends to follow their bliss. And you don't want, you know, I'm in, I'm in my 50s and I'm working in the service industry. And look, I have to do it because I have to eat, but it's not great. All, everybody's much younger than me and, and I love working with them. But, you know, when you're in your 50s and you're getting shit from someone who's in their 20s, it's not a great feeling. So let me be a cautionary tale. But when I'm not working, I am following my bliss and I'm having a good time. And if 10 years from now, I, 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 I'm still not a professional writer, I'm still going to be cranking out these books. And if everybody in the world thought I was the world's worst writer, I would still do it because it makes me happy to do it. And I know I'm not the world's worst writer. I've seen a million movies. I'm sure all of us. Haven't you ever seen a movie mm -hmm. and then left the theater thinking, <laughs> I could go home tonight and I could write a script about the last argument I had with my girlfriend. And it would be a thousand million billion times more entertaining than this stupid $300 million CG gonzo <laughs> fest that I just wasted my money on. Right? Exactly. Right? You could write a script about the last time you did your business and it would be more interesting than what you just saw on the big screen. For real. You know? And again, just tell your friends. You know, like here's an example. I tried stand-up comedy. There's a bar a couple blocks away from here where they have open mic. Yes, I know. True story. I tried stand-up comedy four times. And I was excited about it. I thought, well, I can do this. I'm uninhibited. I can get up in front of a bunch of people. But I discovered that looking at all these faces, looking up at me, expecting me to make them laugh every 10 seconds, I didn't like it. I didn't like that pressure. It wasn't a good fit for me. So 
there's a difference between quitting and discovering that something is not a good fit for you. When I stopped drawing comics as a boy, or when I stopped drawing, I quit that. But looking back now, because it was like, oh, all these details, I just, I don't want to, I want to go outside and hang out with my friends. But looking back now, I realized, you know what? It, It wasn't a good fit for me. Writing these books, writing these characters, you know, creating these stories, and 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 every time I open my notebook and I start writing, I make myself laugh. Sometimes I make myself cry. I get excited. I discover new. You know, you write. I don't know how they do it on The Simpsons. The Simpsons has been on what thirty years. When you write a series, you know, it's harder and harder to create to discover new things about your characters. But I always do. Like I discovered recently that Tommy's girlfriend, who's this Russian babe named Barbara Fedorov, she has a crush on Lee. And some people ask me about my writing process, writing process. Basically, I just open my notebook and it's like stream of consciousness. I have a general idea of a story. Lee goes to prison. Okay, well, why is he in prison? He's a good guy, so he's been framed. Well, who framed him and why? You know, I try to add a little bit of everything. And I think that a good story should be ultimately, ultimately uplifting. I mean, those are the kinds of stories that I like. You, you look at the most popular movies of all time, whether it's Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or whatever it is. Usually you walk out of the theater feeling good about yourself. You feel good about other people and you feel like the problems in your life are maybe not so insurmountable. So I, I, this is actually something completely off topic. But uh, I uh, do you like Star Wars? Is that something? Yes, I do. We could do a whole nother podcast on it. <laughs> I saw the original Star Wars in 1977 in the theater. And you know what? Luke and Leia were not brother and sister. You know what I love about that movie? Nobody's related. It's a very simple story with a beginning, middle, and end. And everything that's come out since then, I've enjoyed and liked. It's kind of like your Mm -hmm. first love. For me, that 1977 movie is always going to be Star Wars at its purest. I actually met uh, Hayden Christensen. Really? Hayden Christensen. Sorry, don't mean Yeah, he. This is a true story. I was working as a security guard. He's uh, he's from Toronto, I think. He was filming a TV show in Vancouver called Higher Ground, and he was living in a in a condominium where I worked the concierge desk. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, one day they they announced on the news, oh, Hayden Christensen's been cast as Anakin Skywalker. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So he <laughs> walks by the desk the next day, and I actually got to congratulate him. And he was just like, yeah, I'm totally beside myself. And I was like, yeah, I don't blame you. It's a pretty big deal. <laughs> See, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, but I don't I don't watch any of the TV shows. You're just, not. I, I watch the trailers. And that's about it. Gotcha. No, that's so. So why did you ask me if I like Star Wars? No, that's actually something I I like as well. I obviously I wasn't alive when the originals came out, but uh, they were they were pumping out the uh, I think the last of the prequels when I was born. So I grew up watching those. And it's just it's just something that's I, I think to your point, it just kind of it's a happy ending. Right. For mo- the most part, I, I don't want to spoil too much for I mean, if you haven't seen Star Wars at this point, then you need to go <laughs> see it. <laughs> well, I mean, here's here's another thing. When George Lucas tried to sell that movie, nobody was biting. You know, in the 1970s, early 70s, movies were very dark. Movies were more naturalistic. You know, the mm-hmm. gutter and the anti-hero. And a, a lot of studio executives felt that people didn't want to see those kinds of movies anymore. But George Lucas stuck to his guns and, and he just connected with that one guy. In this case, it was Alan Ladd Jr., who was an executive at Fox, who, who saw what George was trying to create. And he said, here you go. Here's eight million dollars. Go make your stupid space movie that nobody wants to see. It's going to put me out of a job and sink the studio. But, you know, you have to roll the dice sometimes. Mm-hmm. And guess what? When that movie came out, it became, for that time, it became the most successful movie of all time. I remember the lineups. I remember remember standing in line to watch it three, four, five times in the theater that summer, right? So that's how I feel about my stories. Am I comparing myself to George Lucas? Yes, 
in the sense that I believe in them. I believe that they have some merit. I believe that they're they're entertaining at the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. I like to think that they're not boring at the barest of bare minimums. They're not great literature. They're pulp fiction. What mm-hmm. I'm writing is pulp fiction. It's good guys and bad guys. But I have it in my mind's eye. There he goes again. That I'm going to meet my Alan Ladd Jr. Somebody's going to look at my Indigo page, maybe somebody who knows somebody at Netflix or Disney or Paramount or whatever, even if it's just some little low budget, you know, that would be even more ideal for me, like some grassroots, like getting off the Mm -hmm. ground studio or or film production company that's looking for content. It's out there. Yes. Check it out. Read my excerpts. And my email is johnleister611 at hotmail.com. And I've done this time permitting. I would be more than happy to email, and I've already done this, I would email anyone who's interested one of my short stories or one of my novels. I mean, look, I want to make money doing this. Mm-hmm. I absolutely do. I want to be a professional writer of creative fiction. That is my dream, and I like to think that I'm moving towards it. But I also like to share. And when people read my stuff and they give me the feedback, even if it's negative, I love it. It's like, wow, you actually read one of my books. Thank you. That isn't like, you know, I know a lot of professional writers who've said, I know for a fact that none of my friends or family members have read anything that I've written. It's all, it's all people that strangers, people that I've never met. It, it doesn't matter. Anyway, I'm enjoying the journey of my life more than ever before and better late than ever. And especially for people out there who are my age, like, or maybe three, four years ago, for goodness sakes, you know, we have to live our lives in the, in the present. Mm-hmm. You know, don't worry. When we think about the future, like a video game character, we feel weak. We start, we lose power because we tend to worry when we think about yes. the future. I don't think it's just me. And when we think about the past, right, it doesn't matter if you think about a happy memory or a sad memory. You're going to feel sad, right? Because mm-hmm. if the memory's happy, it's like, oh, it's gone. It's gone. If it's a sad memory, then all those feelings <laughs> come back, become in the present, right? Yes. All our power, our ultimate power is in the here and now. The only thing I'd rather be doing right now is two other things. Being with people I love. Or writing. But reaching out to nice people like yourself who are positive and are manifesting, that's the kind of energy that I like and that's the kind of energy that I want to be around. So so just getting back to what I was saying earlier, I've had to disengage from a couple of people who whom I've known my whole life because the, the positivity is just not there. The support is not there. Anyway, I tend to filibuster. Sorry about oh, that. No, no worries. <laughs> I, I like it. I think you speak with a lot of enthusiasm and passion and it just Thank you. and it rubs off on yeah. other people, too. I'm betting people are listening right now. I, I know I'm listening right now with like man. getting getting older for me has been nothing but a win. You know, people my age who moan and groan about getting older. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, if you have a project and if you don't have a deadline, more likely than not, dollars to donuts is going to take you a lot longer to finish that project, right? Mm-hmm. But if you have a deadline, I've got to get it done, you know, by next week or else I'm going to lose the house or I'm going to lose the car or I can't pay my rent or whatever it is. That's going to motivate you to do it. And that's been another motivating force for me to write these books and to reach out to people like yourself, just being more conscious of my mortality. I mean, I'm lucky I made it this far and more like someone I went to high school with very recently passed away. I, you know, a guy I saw not too long ago. Yeah. And he looks like me, like he's a reasonably fit guy and boom, he just had a heart attack, you know, our lives. And now he's, and I was gone. At least his corporeal being is gone. His spirit is somewhere else, but our lives are so fragile. And so even no matter how young you are, how healthy you are, you just never know. You can mm-hmm. get, you can step off a curb exactly. and be splattered to oblivion by a drunk driver. So we owe it to ourselves to be true to ourselves, love ourselves. It's not good enough to like yourself. And it's not narcissism. You're mm-hmm. not a narcissist if you love yourself. There's a huge difference between the two. And some people don't get that. Just believe in yourself and, and ask yourself, you know, what is it that I'm already good at? What is it that I like? And then move in that direction. 
I, I love that. You know, it's, it's not rocket science, right? Yes, exactly. I think that that belief is where it all starts too, right? Like you gotta, you yeah. gotta have that belief in yourself. And then once you have that belief, you're willing to take that first step. But this is, I'm going to use this as the intelligent question of the day, right? I think a lot of us get caught in our thoughts, right? We think a lot like, oh yeah, this would be cool. This would be cool, right? How do we actually take that first step, right? So then, because sometimes it's scary, right? Like I'm betting yeah. for you, right? Publishing that first book, it's like, oh my gosh, like this is this is terrifying. Like I don't know what I'm doing type of thing, <laughs> right? Well, I was excited more than terrified. I don't really know how to answer that question because I think it depends on the individual. Okay, here we go. I think that we need to have a philosophy in life, not necessarily religion per se. I mean, if you're a very religious person and that's what works for you, great. Whatever works for you. If you're an atheist and that's what works for you, that's what you go with. But my belief is that, you know, for all of us, life goes astray sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. We get some bad news or, or, you know, we break our ankle on the way to work, whatever it is. If you don't have some kind of a philosophy, almost like a trampoline to bounce off of, then I think our lives become much, much harder. And I think that stress will, you'll have much more stress in your life, mm -hmm. right? So what do we do when we have stress? What do human beings tend to do? We tend to do something that's going to get out of that, get us out of that stress yes. quickly, right? In my case, pounding down junk food or just sitting in front of the TV and, or drinking tons of beer or for in more severe cases, some people will, will actually put heroin into their bodies or some meth or some, mm -hmm. some ridiculously dangerous drug. Why do they do that? I'm not a mind reader. My hallucination is they do it because they're suffering. They're in, you know, maybe they were abused as children very harshly. People, that's why people, and I'm, I'm not throwing stones in a glass house. I'm speaking for myself first and foremost. That's why we do nutty things. Why do people do nutty things? Because we're suffering. Hmm. And we know in the long term, okay, this thing I'm about to do, like eating an entire pizza before bed, it could actually kill me. I could die in my sleep yeah. from, from pounding all this hmm. fat and grease in my body. But, for the, but, but while I'm doing it, I'm enjoying myself, right? I didn't have the philosophy. Even though I'd read all these books and I was in therapy for a year. And another thing I learned, one thing I learned from cognitive therapy is that we have to like ourselves unconditionally. Like never say to yourself, I'll like myself if I'm a millionaire. I'll like myself if I drive a sports car. No, you have to have a default position. You have to ground yourself and be able to look in the mirror and say, this is who I am. These are the cards that I was dealt in life, you know, and, and I got to play those cards as best as I can because time goes by very quickly. So, so my philosophy, what works for me is that there is this being, which I choose to call God. You could call him Dave. You could call him Josh. It doesn't matter. There's a being. I, I prefer no, not to be called. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't have a, you don't have a Messiah complex, you know, um, there is this being that, that is the wellspring of everything around us. If it sounds completely preposterous to some people, I get it. I don't care. I don't care if I'm the only guy in the world who thinks this way, it works for me. And he's watching me all the time. And he's like, well, John, did you, you going to bed tonight? Did you do some writing? You know, did you do some pushups? Did you try to get yourself, make yourself a guest on another podcast? Right. Are you saving money? That's one thing I need to work on a little more. So I'm not, I'm still not good at saving money, but I've, I've manifested my fantasies into the corporeal world more in the last three years than during the first 53 years, because I had this philosophy. So I would tell your, your friends or anyone who's your age, you know, read a couple of self-help books and, or at least you know, read a couple of chapters. If you're not a big reader or watch some YouTube, watch some inspirational mm -hmm. YouTube videos and kind of cherry pick what seems like a good fit for you, 
right? And if you're not, if you're happy with your life, if you if you're excited to go to McDonald's every day and flip hamburgers, if that's your <laughs> if that's your bliss, that's great. Love that. You know, just do that then, and don't but don't complain. You know, don't complain about about this, that, and the other thing, and focus on what's in your, within your control. You know the story of the pebble in the shoe. Do you know that story? I haven't heard it. I would love to hear it. So <laughs> your nose is growing. So you're walking down like Pinocchio. No, I'm just kidding. So you're walking down the street and there's a pebble in your shoe. What do you do? You take it out, right? And then you get on with your day. That's my philosophy. I don't watch the news. I find the news to be soul crushing. I'm 57. I've heard it all before. There's always a war going on somewhere in the mm-hmm. world. There's pain, there's suffering, there's starvation, there's terrorism, there's crime. The people be, I mean, if aliens came to earth and if they studied us based on watching the news, what would they report back to their home planet? They would report that all of us were murdering lunatic savages, right? That's what they would report, excuse me, right? I look around, look at this Vancouver, this Starbucks here. I see peace. I see you and I, you're in Utah, Mm -hmm. I'm in Vancouver, getting to know one another, having a nice, pleasant, exchanging ideas, right? The news is never going to report that. Exactly. So again, disengage, disengage from it. People, anything external that is a negative influence from your life and try to reduce yourself. Don't add stuff, reduce yourself to your, to your purest self. And I feel like that I've done that. I feel like I'm there right now. If I wasn't, I, would, I wouldn't be doing this right now. I wouldn't be chatting with you right now. I'd be sitting at home, lying on my couch, watching season 25, 24. That's what I'd be doing right now. And and enjoying that, but being miserable at the same time. Sorry about that, car. Oh, no no, no worries. I, I, I've loved that, loved that answer. I think everyone that's listening, that's the intelligent answer of the day. That was... That was amazing. I think. Thank you. I'm trying to make it shorter for the next one. No, I, I I liked it. I'm trying to refine the stuff. No, that's great. I think. Thank I you. think it's important, right, to talk with other like what me and you are doing because it gives us a chance to kind of you know like what you said, refine our ideas and kind of because it's one thing, right, to think it, and then it's another to communicate it to another person, and, and I think that's right. And, and I I think you're doing that really well. So. And, you know, be open to other people's ideas. Exactly. You know, I don't think, oh, here, I, this kid, Josh, 20 years old, what does he know? You know a ton of stuff that I don't know. <laughs> you know, you, you look at a homeless guy on the street, there's something he knows that you don't exactly. know. I, and, I, and I've had some amazing, because I've, I've been working security for 35 years, so I, I deal a lot with homeless people. And I've had some amazing conversations with homeless people. You know, they're not all alcoholics and drug addicts. They're not all mentally ill. I, I would suggest that most of them are, but I've met some who are very lucid. And they just they just weren't responsible with their money. And, and they got used to be this. This is another important thing. They got used to being homeless. Wow. That's why people live the lives the way they, we, we get into our little routines. And that's what happened to me during the first 35 years of my adult life. I fell into this routine. Go to work. Come home. What am I going to have for dinner tonight? Pizza or KFC? And every once in a while... Every, maybe once or twice a year, I would have a moment of clarity, like, hey, what am I doing? I'm wasting my life. And I would join a gym or I did kickboxing for a couple of years cool. or I would try to write something. And, but I always fell back to that comfort, that comfort zone. And all, and all those self-help books I read were, were genuinely helpful. I don't regret reading any of them, but it's only been over the last three years that I've really been implementing them because that big guy in the sky is watching me like Big Brother from 1984. And so I have God in my mind 24-7. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think it works for me. It doesn't work for everybody. You know, I mean, I've had some sarcastic comments on Facebook, like, how's your imaginary friend today? You know, and I just unfriend those people. I just block them. I don't. It's, it's fine. They're entitled to their opinions mm-hmm. and I love them, but I don't want their negativity in my life. You know, I have a friend I went to high school with 
He's never once said anything about my books or congratulated me or anything. Hey, how you doing, buddy? I won't say his name. And he, all he talks about is himself, mm-hmm. and it's always something bad. Gotcha. Right? And and I just maintain a friendship with him because I've known him for so many years. But even then, it's just you really need – we really owe it to ourselves to, to minimize – our time with those kinds of people because they're where they are and it's up to them to make a change for themselves. You're never going to change another person. Mm-hmm. The only person you can change is yourself. And if you want to make the world a better place, never mind politics and all this nonsense, just show the world who you are and be an example for, for them to follow, right? By being true to yourself. I love that. I think that that right there is some wisdom. I think a lot of people can benefit from. So I like, I like everything that you've been sharing today. And I think, uh, so if you have any links or like anything like that, I know you mentioned your email, what's the best way people can reach out to you, learn more about you, uh, work with you, any of those type of things. Okay. Well, my Indigo page, if you go to indigo.ca and if you type in John Leister, you can see all my books. They're all excerpted. And I, like I said, I would be more than happy to email anyone out there one of my books. It's John Leister, 611 at hotmail.com. Uh, my Facebook page is John Leister, and I post videos every day. And I, I try to write um, uh, uplifting and uh, inspirational essays. And I also have a group page. I just crossed the 500 mark oh, a couple of days nice. ago. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty excited about that. There's a writer named uh, Mike Madden. Do you know who Jack Ryan is? Do you know Tom Clancy? I've heard of Tom Clancy. But I, don't, I haven't heard of. Yeah, he he wrote these uh, military political thrillers back in the day, and many of them have been made. There's a, there's a Jack Ryan TV series with John John Krasinski. Do you know who okay, that is? Yeah. Anyway, he's John Tom Clancy a very was a very big writer back in the day, and there's another writer named Mike Madden who kind of t- took the reins. Uh, one of the guys who took the reins. I took I was reading one of his books and I took a picture of myself holding one of his books and I posted on his Facebook page and I told him about my group page, Johnny's way. Well, guess what? He joined, he joined my, he joined my group page the next day. Like this is the world, this is the world that we're living in. And this is what I want to tell people my age, take advantage of this stuff. You meet the most amazing people. So I write these essays and, um, also, and then my Facebook page is John Leister and I can't think of anything else. I think that's it. Awesome. And if you, and if you go on, if you go on YouTube, and if you type in John Leister author, you can see some of the other podcasts that I've been on. It's mo- pretty much most of the same stuff. And hopefully we'll see this one on there, too. That would be great. Oh, yeah, you'll you'll definitely see this one. But thank you, John, for coming on. I think I, I've learned a lot from you. And uh, I think a lot of people you, you just your energy. I love it. I think a lot of people thank you. will like that. Everyone, as you can tell, that is John Leister. He's a very intelligent person, has great things to say. He dropped his information there for you guys. Uh, if you guys want to reach out to him, I challenge you, if you heard anything you like today, to reach out to him. I'm sure he would be happy to talk with you. Stay tuned till next week. We have a great guest lined up for you guys. See you guys next week, and let's get after it. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give. We could not have done this without you guys. If you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and fill out the form there. Thank you guys again, and let's get after it.